Comedy Cafe at trevshed.net. This is the North-South Divide. The North-South Divide with Trev. He's been through four microwaves so far this year. And James. He's wearing a hula skirt. Hi and welcome to the latest North-South Divide podcast. This one is called Salvage. Uh, Why is that, Trev? Because all of the jokes are recycled in this one. Most of them are a Christmas special, the two Ronnies, and a 1973 Beano annual. I, an eco-writer. Eco-terrorist, more like. Yeah, brother. Hi. God, this podcast looks shiny and new here. In fact, it's got this DVD-style menu, I notice. That's right, and I've added a DVD-style alternative ending, and even a director's commentary. A director's commentary? I'd rather have a listener's commentary. Really? Can you imagine it? This bit's rubbish. I liked your older stuff. And the perennial, this punchline is weak. I get your point, and well made, sir. Right, thank you. So, so what's this alternative ending? Not to give too much away, it involves three policewomen, a catering tin of rice pudding, several root vegetables, and most of the cast of Radio 4's Moneybox programme. Where are you going? Screw this rubbish, I'm off to watch that. You can't leave me, we've got the rest of the introduction to do. But but that sounded so much more interesting than the rest of this podcast. Probably true. Um, What else do we have to tell the dear listeners about? The added content. Oh yes! If digital viewers press their red buttons now, their TVs will go off. That's an old joke, Trev. If you press your red button now, you'll be able to see footage of stuff that we thought wasn't good enough for the main show, but we'll be alright as added content if we stuck it in the digital stream. It makes us look like we care about new media, and that we're taking it seriously, when it really is only tokenism. Well, in fact, if you go there right now, you can see footage of me prancing around the kitchen in my underpants to the tune of the Macarena. Nice. I thought so. A little something for the ladies? Oh, is that your name for it? The North-South Divide. Podcasting to an unsuspecting internet, this is the North-South Divide News Jingle. The headlights today. Gloucestershire Village rocked by Viking invasion. TV soap opera discovered to be a real-life documentary about some Australians with absolutely no self-awareness. And a biscuit warning for eccentric inventors. All that and something else coming up after this. But first, breaking news. We're hearing that yet another healthcare has been announced by the government. The Clinical Research and Analysis Panel have revealed that the sheer number of health scares over the past few years is having a devastating effect on the public's health. As one might expect, the health scare about health scares has sent the press into a tailspin, with one tabloid publication repeating the phrase health scare up to 37 times on the front cover of the latest edition, some of which have been printed sideways so they fit, making it look like a poorly written holiday postcard. We sent Kimberly Penge to the head office of the Daily Express with a CV and some rather excellent references, if I do say so myself. And now, a special report on wood-stained creatures. Estate agents are about to run out of properties. With the upsurgence of the owner, letter, greedy landlord types, houses, flats and even bungalows are being snapped up like hungry hippos, leaving the windows of high street housemongers empty. The Federation of Estate Agents' response has been to dispatch a squadron of logoed minis across the English Channel to Eastern Europe in order to meet property developers out there. Kimberly Penge had an extensive natter with Igor Molotov, the chief executive of the Federation of Eastern European Developers, earlier today. Time too. She has no... What the hell do you think you're doing? Well, put quite simply, we're planning to annex several large English cities with undeveloped areas of Bulgaria, connecting them via a network of large pipes, down which the residents will be able to pass easily and conveniently. This will just be the beginning of what we hope will be a long and productive relationship with the United Kingdom, and in less than a year, 
Our invasion will be complete. Pardon? Uh, nothing. Well, that all sounds really interesting, and I wish you the best of luck with this project. Maybe I'll be able to do a feature with you when I get my new job. Blimey. The North-South Divide. Cheese was never this interesting. Uh, a pint of lager, please. A pint of what, sir? Uh, lager. Uh, a beer? No, sorry, sir. You're going to have to help me a little more. Uh, OK. What do you have? Well, today's special's an undrinkable amber fluid served at room temperature and a dirty glass with a stain that might just be lipstick. Ooh, sounds good. I haven't had that in a while. Thank you. Would Sir care for a romantic interlude with his drink? <laughs> a what with my drink? A romantic interlude, sir. We offer it as a part of the overall drinking experience. Really? Oh, yes. We have a large selection of women that you would really regret chatting up with in the morning. What night out would be complete without a few moments of blind panic the next morning? Well, well don't you have any nice girls? Huge crow magnum throwback boyfriend or small wiry ninja one? I beg your pardon? Well, if she's a nice girl, you can't actually get anywhere with her, can you? Well, obviously. You can have a girl that you think is on her own, but as soon as you start talking to her, a muscle-bound boyfriend turns up and beats you senseless. That's my personal recommendation, sir. And how much does this all cost? Just enough to feel guilty tomorrow, yet cheap enough to leave you a small amount of change which I'll, of course, drop in a puddle of stale beer on the bar for your delectation. On the house. Oh, thanks for that. Oh, why haven't I come here before? The North-South Divide. Multicultural. Multinational. Multifistula. So, um, Trev, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout-out to? Yeah, I'll give a shout-out to me best mate and me mum and me girlfriend and everybody who knows me. That's great, mate. Um, and, and how big would you like this shout-out? Would you like it to be a little shout-out or would you like it to be an almighty, ginormous one? Ginormous? Oh, that's a, that is a radio word, isn't it? Yes. I'm going for a ginormous thank you to the whole of the <laughs> listeners there. Oh, dear. Out there in radio land. Oh, oh yeah. I think I'd go for a... I'd go for a middling shout-out, please. I wouldn't want to be greedy. Well, don't forget, it, it, it is everyone else who knows you, mate. It is like, you know, the person who uh, served you at the newsagents, or maybe the person <laughs> who just lives down the street from you, who, who saw you once. And I would recognise... recognise what I look like, but it doesn't actually know my name. Well, yeah, the, I would recognise your voice from the fact that you said, thank you very oh, much. You know? yes. I that's a good thought. I hadn't thought of that. Yes, exactly. It's very true. And you want, a just, shout, you want a big shout-out to all of those, because if the DJ were to have to come round to the house and shout at them... <laughs> That'd be quite good, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah. Employing Steve Wright to come around and shout at people <laughs> <and> random <laughs> passers-by. Oh. Shouting Skellington for some reason. That would, oh. Oh. That would be just great. <laughs> <laughs> In a radio style. I love it when they do that, though, when they get the, the big people to shout at the big hello. It's kind of, yeah, everybody who knows me. Because please, listen to me. You really think I'm great, don't you? Mm-hmm. I'm not just a sad nobody who works in a factory. Oh, no, I'm great me. I don't want the benefit of having the person who I've just said hello to saying hello back to me. No, I want to say hello to you. That's it. End of conversation. Depends on your friends, though, doesn't it, really? <laughs> That's true, yes. There are a few people I know who I wouldn't want to ring me back. Anyway, it'd be nice in a kind of polite way to say, Hello, how are you? But not actually get a response. No. You don't really want to know sometimes. So don't. Actually, the, yes, yes. The people you don't say how you doing to. Yeah, so, no. Hello. Anyway, got to be going. <laughs> I, I, my dog just died or something. I don't know. But I've got to go now. Is that okay? Yeah. This actually happens at work, right? <laughs> One of my colleagues will go to speak to the project engineer who nobody really wants to go to speak to. And <laughs> we make sure we keep eye contact the whole time. So if he tips me the wink, I'll give him a call on his mobile phone to get him out of there. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. I mean, oh, it comes yeah. to something when you need an escape policy from yes. a conversation. Oh, I think, you, I think we did, there, there are certain particularly work-based ones where you need to have an escape route. Yes, we did exactly the same in British Gas. I'm sorry, Trevor, I'm going to have to answer the door, mate. <laughs> yeah. We used to do exactly the same. We used to have sort of frosted windows in the office. And if the, if the meeting was going on for too long, we'd sort of put our hands up behind our head and stretch. <laughs> There'd be a phone call to the boss and, oh, really? I don't know what that was all about. We better go now. <laughs> Shocking. Shock. But it is a conversation. It's obviously you've got the bores, but you've also got the people who use the buzzwords, the words that nobody mm. else uses. Oh, yes. I just can't stand it. Um, what's the favourite ones? Um, blue sky thinking. That's one of the favourite ones. Helicopter isn't it? overview. <laughs> just means absolutely nothing. You spend 10 seconds thinking, what? What was that? But that's the whole point, isn't I it? I think, to you know... detract you from, uh, from realising it actually doesn't make any sense. We used to play buzzword bingo. I don't know if you've ever seen that on the internet. You basically have a card uh, right. on a piece of paper and you'd have... You'd write you'd write eight or nine buzzwords on it or so many buzzwords on it, you know, like blue sky thinking. Oh, like... Thinking uh, yeah. outside the box, all that Synergies. kind of stuff. Synergies. Yeah, exactly. Synergy. Oh, Sorry. Putting two words together doesn't make necessarily a good word. Hey, hey, hang on a minute. Ginormous... <laughs> No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you play buzzword bingo by the simple fact of you sit there with whoever's doing the talking and uh, basically when somebody says one of the buzzwords, you get to tick it off. Oh, brilliant. And the, the, uh, so at the end, somebody hopefully gets a full line of buzzwords. You Surely are. you don't do something. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit disruptive go, in the meeting. You shout, bingo! <laughs> uh, I've done worse in meetings. It has to be said. I once, um, this is absolutely true, uh, I once spelt a very rude word out of biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> it began with C. You can work the rest out for yourself. There was four plates of biscuits and there was enough biscuits to make a big sort of foot-high letter on each one. Right. So, obviously, I had four plates of biscuits. I had enough of four letters. So, you know, I had to make something up. So <laughs> The people sitting next to you are just sort of watching, enjoying the design as it emerges. <laughs> that was it. Well, what are you doing? Nothing. Don't worry. <laughs> Unfortunately, the uh, director didn't find it as amusing as I did. Thank you for coming, Mr and Mrs Reid. Our pleasure. It's good that you've come, actually, as we've been having a few problems with your daughter. Really? What sort of problems? Well, she's becoming quite disruptive in class sometimes, and it's very awkward and unhelpful. She takes after me. This is not something to be proud of, Mrs. Reed. When she was asked the name of a kind of reaction drawn on the blackboard, do you know what she said? Oh, a name of a type of reaction? Fred. Fred? Who's Fred? Fred's nobody. I don't think that's any attitude for a teacher to take. We're all special in our own way, even this Fred person. Forget Fred. It was you who brought him up. And now you want us to forget him? Y- yes, if, if we could get on, please. Yes, only if you could get on with Fred. Fred doesn't exist. Thank you. After some further questioning, she said there was no way that she could identify the reaction without seeing the blueprints. I see. I'm glad that you do. If I was Fred's parents, I'd have you in a tribunal for that, mate. Mrs Reed, please calm down. Do me a favour, dear. A dear. Are you talking to me or him? You. Oh, OK. What? Shut up. Oh, when your daughter was later asked why the chemicals had not reacted the way they'd been predicted, she said it was because they were tired and wanted to be left alone. I can see how this might annoy and frustrate you, but I don't really think this is important, do you? Yes, don't you think you're blowing this out of proportion a bit? Not really, no. Why? Mr Reed, your daughter's a senior science teacher at this school? Call that a punchline. We're leaving. <sighs> we still didn't find out who that Fred chap was. Tired. Stressed? Emotional? Read a book or something. Here at the North-South Divide, we love hearing your opinions on what we do here. Isn't that right, Trev? Yes, 
It helps me keep in touch with little people that listen to the show. To that end, we set up a premium rate telephone number for people to call and express their ill-thought-out opinions and criticism. Ill-thought-out? You've had some personal feedback, I take it. Move on. The premium rate phone line is quite cheap. Is this a good idea? I mean, premium rate lines have been getting a lot of bad press lately. Do you want to continue this life of luxury that we lead due to the success of the North-South Divide or not? The yacht will have to go back. Okay, then. It's fine, anyway. It's not like we're asking the listener a stupid question like, um, what's the difference between kippers and cheese? I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Remind me not to eat pizza at your house, then. Calls are charged at blah, blah, blah a minute, and if you're not the bill payer, please remember that you can make loads more calls. It's not as if it's costing you anything, is it? This strikes me as a little reckless. Got a complaint, James? Then ring the number. Hello, is this the North-South Divide? I just want to say what a great job you're doing. Keep up the good work. That's you, isn't it? Yes, but I use your phone. Dear BBC, I don't pay my licence fee, admittedly, but if I did, you two wouldn't be getting it because you don't work for the BBC. Ha! Oh, and the answer is kippers. Are you Anne Robinson? Hello, my darling. I've got a bushy beard. Do you want to play with it for a little while? I think both the last callers were idiots. That's all. My name, if you need it, is Wing Commander Fossington Smythe. Retired. Hello, long-time listener, first-time caller. I just wanted to tell you that I was mildly disappointed with your last podcast and I didn't feel that it came up to the standard of your others. Well, that's fair and subjective criticism, at least. Yeah. Also, can I add that I have all the remaining members of Status Quo held hostage in my underpants? Then again, maybe not. Hello, is this the right number for Trevor Ship? I'm calling from the inflatable doll company about your order. Uh, Wrong number, that one. Hello. I wanted to tell you that I like this new podcast so far, but I think you're dragging this idea out too much. He has a point. Morning, Trev. The weekends go so quickly, don't they? What did you do this weekend? I got one of those books on feng shui. Oh, oh, you mean that ancient and mystical Chinese belief that the way a room is laid out can have a direct impact on your life? Yeah. They also think the colours of the rooms and plants that you have can also change the way that you live your life. Uh, all right. So, so what did you change after you read it? I painted the living room blue, uh, light blue, so the original beige. I bought a rubber plant, round leaves, you see. Uh, no, I don't see really, but uh, please tell me more. Well, then I moved all the furniture, got rid of the old carpet, put a new one down, put up paintings instead of the old photographs and moved the TV to the other side of the room. Well, sounds like you've had a busy weekend. Oh, knackered, mate. Uh, was it worth it? Do you think it created a positive ambience in your home? Not really, no. Uh, why? I spent so much time doing it all, my wife said I wasn't paying enough attention and she's left me. Oh. Uh... Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Poetry in Motion, the show where we take the beauty of poetry and thrust it into the modern situation. Yes, by which James means we take a poet, and using the gift of Roman technology to wit, a bloody great big catapult, we fire them as far away as we can. You thought of the name of this segment, then tried to jam some content in to vaguely fit it, didn't you? Yes, and? Oh, nothing. It is one of your better ideas, if I'm honest. Right, who's this week's poet? Pam Ayres. Pam Ayres. Not exactly high art, this segment, is it? I agree, but there's two very good reasons for choosing her. Two? Oh, yes. Number one, she's cheap. Okay, uh, and number two? Which poet would you most like to see shot out of a Roman catapult to their potential imminent demise? Hmm, since you put it like that, uh, how did you convince her to do it? Well, reality TV has proved, if nothing else, that people that used to be famous will do almost anything to be famous again. Well, that and I lied to her, of course. Now that I like. Uh, so shall we get on? Are you okay, Mazares? 
Good, she's putting her thumbs up. Right, here we go. That's the catapult ready to fire. When you're ready, Miss Ayres. Are you ready? Oh, I wish I'd look after my tea and spotted the perils beneath all the toffees I Now! <laughs> yes, that definitely was one of your better ideas. Thanks. I wonder if I can talk Les Dennison to doing it next. Or Eamon Holmes. Or Jeremy Clarkson. Going back to what you were saying before about sort of buzzwords and the, and the radio and things like that. Yeah. I have the same problem with newspapers. Newspapers? Yeah, if you look don't at a newspaper, right. I, don't, I don't tend to for, for exactly this reason. Well, not least because they always, and I say always, get the facts wrong from your local rag mm -hmm. to the yeah. gold standard of national papers. They will spell True. someone's surname wrong, get their age wrong. They do say that if uh, you ever doubt how accurate news is, watch a news report or read a news report in a magazine or whatever about something that you know a lot about. Yeah. And then assume that everything else they report on is as wrong as the one you know about. Whatever your field of expertise is, at some point there'll be a new story that relates to it, won't there? Absolutely. Whatever your field of expertise is. You watch it or listen to it or read it or whatever and note the inaccuracies and then extrapolate that across the whole of the news spectrum. It is unbelievable. And it must all be completely bloody wrong. They're just it making be. it up. The thing that gets me in newspapers is, well, this perfect example, romp. Vigil. They held a midnight vigil. Or... Um, <laughs> The boffins are set to, or chiefs are set to, all these sort of phrases. That, have you ever anybody actually said, you know what, Paul the girl in the pub last night, we had a great romp. <laughs> I've never heard anybody ever use the word romp in that context apart from in a paper. Exactly, yeah. My, my £3,000 night romp with hooker. Hooker's <laughs> another word. Nobody else says hooker either, but they do in papers, don't they? Because yeah. they can't say prostitute, can they, obviously? No, exactly. Tart. <laughs> they can't say that either. No, and uh, you know you don't describe that Jack the Lad from around the, a couple of desks away as a love rat. <laughs> Ruffian. <laughs> You'd be severely slammed for that. <laughs> exactly, slammed. That's one of them. Yes. The best thing is, well, if you actually get a chance to look, is look at local papers, but also look at the you know, the adverts they put in the news agents, the things they put up. Oh, the stuff that's been badly written handwriting. Yeah. 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 There's, there's never any punctuation. There was one recently for the local paper, and this is not a joke, I mean, it's absolutely true, I've, I've actually got a photograph of it on my phone, and it said, enter our mum of the year competition. <laughs> now, without punctuation, that's got at least two minions off the top of my head. Yes, and I choose the, <laughs> exactly. one, that, the one that appeals to me most. <laughs> Do I get to have a look at her first? <laughs> Do I get a choice? <laughs> There's this kind of like newspaper headlines, they aren't sentences, you know. No. Man in black shadow attack. They're just words, you know. It's just like we can fit, we can put the word "in" together. on that right-hand side. We'll use that. It's a lot of it is column inches. Though, it isn't is. What is like the word smaller? But then it wouldn't be a headline. It wouldn't be grabbing, would it? And that's the whole point of the tabloids. We'll do it in a funny colour. I don't know. I don't work on newspapers. <laughs> We can tell. I don't use even the, ask if use anybody the reads it. button in Photoshop. <laughs> Put loads of 3D texture on it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that would Words work. Are. I can't read it. It's got 3D <laughs> textures on it. 
Get the person who does the office PowerPoint presentation. I was just going to say that, yeah. I I, I thought some of those dodgy early websites with Comic Sans on. (laughs) I think what we need in the background of here is some kind of brick feel. I don't know why, but we need bricks in the background. (laughs) What was it with all those websites that had bricks in the background and Comic Sans? I can assure you it wasn't my website because my website had yellow and black angled stripes along with under construction and a man with a (laughs) spade. I had one of those as well. I had a little sign on mine saying under construction it stayed there for six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if the front cover of a newspaper doesn't have a little picture of a duck with a hammer smashing a computer, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Every newsletter has one of those as well. Isn't it, <laughs> you can just imagine a bloke with a beard and a typing speed of 13 words an hour probably <laughs> made that because he hates computers. It was, he was happiest when he was on a typewriter. Linotype. <laughs> Linotype. Back in the old days. We're lucky enough to have a DIY expert with us tonight. You may have seen him on TV recently if you watch Crime Watch. It's our resident Mr. Fix-It. My name isn't Mr. Fix-It, it's Trev. Well, yeah, I know, but it's a fun name that lets the listeners know what you do. Oh, OK, Mr. Barely Amusing Podcast Presenter. Hey, What's a fun name that lets the listeners know what you do? Oh, point taken. Anyway, have you got any helpful tips for us tonight? What? I've not prepared anything. You said it was going to be a phone-in. Go on. Um, well, uh, if you're building something like a shed or a conservatory, try building the roof first, and uh, that way when you come to putting in the foundations, they'll stay dry if it rains. What? Or you could try knocking down a supporting wall in your basement, thus causing massive slippage, and allowing you to increase the size of your living by over 10% when the floor falls through. It was a mistake anyone could have made. Any idiot could have made. Look, do you have any real questions about DIY or not? I've turned in a perfectly lovely evening with a lady tonight just to be here. You mean your mum, don't you? Well, she's a lovely lady. I know. Um, I do have some questions. Here's one. It's from Mrs B Astid, and it reads, Do you have any good advice for the care of your tools? Tools. Tool gags. Is that the best we can do? A thinly veiled knob gag? Who wrote this rubbish? It would make Joe Pasquale blush. Well, the most important rules are as follows. Number one, always make sure you keep your tool nice and clean. And to make sure it's operating at its maximum efficiency, lubricate it regularly if necessary. Two, never leave your tool where it can be pinched. Always put it away when you finish with it. If you sit admiring your tool for hours, people only think you're a bit strange. Three, obviously always use the correct tool for the job. Never, for example, try to put up shelves in industrial Vatterswarfiga and a copy of the Daily Sport. I'll buy it for the interviews. Number four, always, always, always... Always safety first with your tool. Never do electrical repairs while in the bath like my dad did. Spark came out of his arse. How we laughed in A&E. Also, never put your head between the hammer and the nail to see how hard you have to hit it. It hurts. Number five. Finally, and this is one for all of you that work in the theatre, never ever leave your tool out on stage. It can distract the performer's attention. And then where would you be? Eight months suspended sentence if my experience is anything to go by. Right... Okay, how about this one? Mrs. Mary Hinge writes, Do you have any good advice in helping me with flat pack furniture? My husband is very lazy and won't help me with it at all. Well, my first piece of advice would be to get rid. Well, the furniture, that's a bit harsh. No, the husband. She's still an attractive woman. She could have a pick of any man she wanted. Why is she spending time with this waster? I think we might come back to this section later. And we might not. What's wrong with me? Why do women hate me? Women don't hate you, Trev. No? Well, not any more than men do, anyway.
tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have joining us Trevor. <laughs> Trevor is a world-renowned ventriloquist and highly regarded puppeteer. Good evening, Trevor. Huh? Oh, sorry. Uh, good evening. Now, what's the name of your uh, doll? It's not a doll. It's a chuffing puppet. Calm down. It's just a piece of wood with clothes on. It's not. Sorry, as I was saying, what is its... Mm. Uh, sorry, I mean his name. Archie. Look, can he talk for himself? We paid good money for you to come under the pretense that you're a ventriloquist, and he hasn't said one thing yet. Well, he won't, will he? Oh, I see. You mean you won't get him to talk unless we join in on the act and build him up a little? No, I mean, he won't talk. He can't. He's not real. Just do some ventriloquism, for God's sake. Now? Yes. I really am very terribly sorry, James. I feel I must apologise for Trevor's boorish and unacceptable behaviour. No, no, there really is no need. I am used to it. I beg your pardon? Uh, Nothing. Do go on. Well, as I was saying, I once again have to apologise for my cohort. And can I say it's an inestimable pleasure to be here at the North-South Divide. Oh, thank you. Uh, Your act is known as one of the more original and interesting acts on the circuit at the moment. What do you do that's so different? Well, we discuss world events with the audience, have a bit of banter and generally have a good time. Well, when I say we, I mean me. I'm obviously carrying Trevor. I keep telling him that. I know. I've read Ventriloquism for Dummies and I am now considering leaving him and going solo. I don't know how to say this to you, but you're a puppet. You can't go on your own. I'm a puppet? What a give you such a preposterous idea? Well, he's got his hand up your backside for a start. Oh, that's perfectly normal in show business. OK, so what is your act? Huh? Not now. I, I think that's all we've got time for, fortunately. I won't go back in the box. You will do as you're told, my young boy. <laughs> Where the blazes are we? Well, I thought it'd make a nice change to the credits at the dawn of time. Nice. Well, it's all a bit spartan, isn't it? Yeah, but it says it's breaking anything during the big dance finale. Big dance finale? I don't believe I was involved in that part of the discussion. You really want a big dance finale? Well, if you're not interested, I'll have to send the prehistoric orchestra back to the caves. And I don't think they'll be particularly pleased about that. I suppose not. Anyway, the North-South Divide was written and performed by Trev Ship and James Hart, with additional material by Rob Reed. You also heard Beth Hart and the massed band of the Neolithic Cavemen. Before we go, you may have noticed that we managed to squeeze a number of deliberate errors into some of the sketches that we performed. They were as follows. Of course, the Archbishop of York doesn't have a beak. If you take a PlayStation 2 apart to see how it works, it is almost impossible to reassemble it. Don't make the same mistake I did. And finally, the more eagle-eyed... Or eared. Sorry, the eared, eagle-eyed of you will have noticed that the parents' evening sketch was recorded in a vacuum. We had so much fun doing that one. Trev. Yes, James? We're at the dawn of time, right? Yes. Well, surely if that's the case, you and I haven't been born yet? Ah, I hadn't considered that. And that means this podcast doesn't actually exist. Oh no, this half-assed idea of yours has caused the whole fabric of space-time to start unravelling. Sorry, the teas are on me when we're done here. There's no time for that. I think this MP3 has started deleting itself. Quick, let's get out of here. Run!